Blog Talk Radio. Good Saturday, everyone, and welcome to One Love Rising. I am your host today, Heidi Little, and Bob Challenger, I think, is swinging in to support us. And I have, we have, there is, for all of us, a beautiful show today. We're going to be speaking on the emergent whole world view and the power of nonviolent communication. And I'm so honored and excited to have our guest today. Uh, we have Rick Ulfick, the director of We the World. And we have Jude Caravan, who is wholeworldview.org, amongst many, many other things. And we also have Dr. Kurt Johnson, uh, The Coming Inspirational Age is his book. So we're going to have a conversation with the three of them. And uh, welcome to the show, everybody, first of all, because you're all here and live. So thank you so much yeah, for being here to with be us on. today. Great to be on. Yay. Okay. Yay. All right. So we're going to start with Jude and um, um, Amazing and Beautiful. Uh, let me get you a bio here real quick on Jude. Okay, so Dr. Jude Caravan is a cosmologist, a planetary healer, a futurist, and author of six books, the latest being the Nautilus award-winning book, The Cosmic Hologram. She is co-founder of The Whole World View at wholeworld-view.org, a member of the Evolutionary Leader Circle, and previously was one of the most senior businesswomen in the U.K., with a master's degree in physics from Oxford University, specializing in quantum physics and cosmology, and a PhD in archaeology, she has worked with wisdom keepers from many traditions and has been a lifelong researcher into the scientific and experiential understanding of the nature of reality. Welcome, Dr. Jude Kervan. <laughs> it's great to be with you, Heidi. My gosh, your bio just exhausted me. <laughs> It's amazing. I know you've had such you've had such a full life. <laughs> it's a gorgeous life. <laughs> Yay. All right. So Jude, we always start the show off with the same question. Can you tell us please what you believe or understand oneness to be? What does oneness mean to you? Well, you know, for many years since I was four, as you say, my experience and, and curiosity of the nature of reality has took me to many places. But throughout the whole of that journey I've realized that the apparent separation of our physical world is, is illusory. And fundamentally, all that for reality is whole, is one, is unified, and then amazingly diversely expressed. So for me, consciousness isn't something we have. It's what we and the whole world are. And our universe is a finite thought form in the infinite and eternal mind of the cosmos, which is all one. So beautiful. Thank you so much. Yes. Yay. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Always awesome. Always loving the expressions. And um, Jude, beautiful. Thank you so much. So so uh, I guess tell, tell us about your work. What are you doing now? Um, a hologram is coming up in many, many circles uh, that, I, that I flow through. And it's really um, cutting edge right now. So Let's just talk about what, what you've got going on. Well, you're right. It is cutting edge, and it seems to be one of those, those, those times, you know. Um, this is an idea whose time has come because we've sort of been given the mainstream science, uh, scientific paradigm. As I mentioned, everything's separate, and the only reality is this material world. 
and that somehow consciousness arises from accidental processes of, of, of evolution. And the latest science on all scales, on all scales of existence and across many, many different fields of research is showing that that's absolutely completely wrong. It's turning everything on its head and instead mm-hmm. showing not only our universe is fundamentally interconnected, but even deeper than that, that all we call reality and the appearance of the physical world arises from deeper, intentional, meaningful, purposeful consciousness. Um, mm-hmm. So that's very much, you know, I did a deep dive into this for over two years to be able to write the Cosmic Hologram um, Information Central Creation, which came out a year ago. But since then, the work's really been about, okay, the scientific evidence now is very compelling and it reconciles with spiritual traditions throughout the ages that, that you know, all is oneness and, and unity and diversity. But the bigger question then is if we've got the evidence, got the understanding what now because if our behaviors derive from our beliefs and our dysfunctional behaviors arise from our fragmented perspectives if we've got the evidence of unity then what does that do in terms of how we experience that how we relate with each other how we relate with ourselves each other and our beloved mother earth and the wider cosmos and how do we embody such unity awareness? So I'm going around the world, hopefully empowering people with this message, but also helping people like Rick and Kurt mm-hmm. and many, many others who also come from unity and diversity. How do we link up and how do we help each other and everyone that this can be a tipping point in the way we behave and therefore, mm-hmm. you know, um, transform the world, essentially. I mean, this really could be a game changer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I feel the power behind and the potency behind uh, what you just said. That's beautiful. Uh, so you're going to be going on tour. Is that is that what's happening? Is you're you're touring you're touring the world? Yes, <laughs> it is. And we're having you know the, the the book was launched at the United Nations Chapel last year, um, and also at the House of Lords. <laughs> Thank you. And in July at the House mm-hmm. of Lords in London. So this is really about reaching out to people who are ready to 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 in their own lives. They get this, but actually to support mm-hmm. their journeys as change makers uh, across mm-hmm. many, many different fields to link up and support each other in going forward. So that's the work. It's not a book tour as such, but I am doing workshops, for example, at the United Palace uh, House of Inspiration um, in New York tomorrow about living in the universal awesome. heart. And uh-huh. we've also, of course, got this, our Monday evening um, event that we're talking about today as well. So there are many events and a lot of interviews, but it's it's how do we link up with each other and together, you know, help change to come, real change to come. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's an answer to my prayer. So you're definitely a miracle and a blessing to all of us, and I thank you so much for that. Uh, that has been the um, chagrin of the last decade of my life. So thank you for going out there and doing what you're doing because it is so absolutely necessary and needed. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart and soul for that work because I'm backing you up. That's that. Oh, bless you. Bless you going out there and bless everyone who, in however it is, you know, whatever calls them, is head, heart, and hands trying to help because that's all we can mm-hmm. do. You know, show up, get out of the way, mm-hmm. and... Help as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Beautiful, beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you, Jude. That is wonderful. Um, is there anything else that we should touch on uh, before we move on to Rick? I feel like, I don't know. I feel uh, like there might be one, think, one or two more things we should touch on maybe. What do you think? I'd love, I'd love to just mention this perspective of living in the universal heart because in all my journey, even in the challenges and the dark days, deep within me, I've known that the universe is, is love, that we have access to such love if we open ourselves to it. And in a way, we, we, you know, we forget that. And so you know, the workshops that I'm doing, and, and I'm not doing many, but as I say, I'm doing one living in the universal heart tomorrow um, and living the power of unity is to realize that in unity, we're more ourselves than ever before. We're authentically ourselves because unity expresses itself in diversity, not homogeneity. It's, it's radical diversity and radical abundance. But coming from unity is coming from love. And when we come from love, then we can really appreciate the uniqueness of every one of us and celebrate the genius of, of all of us, you know, the me and the we and the all, which is why, you know, the, I co-founded with a dear friend, Gil Agnew, this idea of the whole world view of this story. But it's why we're linking with people like Rick, because it's we, the world, the me and the we, and why Kurt is such a wonderful um, change maker in all the work he does because he's linking up the me and the we and the all. So that's what this time's about and that's the opportunity we have and it's extraordinary and I'm just delighted to be fellow travellers with, with all of us moving forward mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> our, our, whole, our whole platform this year, self-love and cooperation, and the children are, are right there with you. They all want to learn. They want to know. You know, and they're like sponges going, okay, who's going to tell us the truth? Who's yeah. going to tell us the truth? We want the truth. It's time for the truth. So that is just a beautiful thing. All of that is beautiful and absolutely resonates for myself and I'm sure all of our listeners. Hallelujah. Here we grow. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yay. I'm so happy the time is now, you know. It's, it always seems like it was, and then it wasn't. So <laughs> now that it is, and I see the, the waves of it moving and flowing across the people and, and their spirits, it's, um, it's a beautiful thing. Wowzers. Okay, great. Um, all right, so... Friends and family, you've been listening to Dr. Jude Caravan of the WholeWorldView.org. All right, and we're going to um, thank Jude, of course, and she's staying on the line. We can potentially do a roundtable here at the end um, after we uh, speak with everybody here. Uh, and so, thank you, Jude, for your share. I really appreciate it. And thank you. Okay, and now we're going to move on to Rick Olfick. And Rick is the director of We the World, and he is um, an amazing person. I have had the blessing and opportunity to work with Rick for the last year, and we have really enjoyed each other's time together. And he is... No, I can't say enough about him. Let me see. What did we say on the bio? I'll introduce him properly. Okay. Rick Olfick is the founder of We the World and the We Campaign. 
at we.net, which annually connects and promotes thousands of socially conscious organizations and businesses for peace, sustainability, and transformation. Rick is the co-creator of the annual 11 Days of Global Unity, which runs from September 11th to the 21st annually, with participants that have included Desmond Tutu, Jane Goodall, Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, and Ralph Nader. And Rick has also been a nonviolent communication workshop facilitator and leader for many years. Rick, how are you today? Welcome to the show. It's great to be on the show with you, and and I recognize that that little voice in the background. Isn't that your son, Bridger? <laughs> yes, that's the two and a half year old who is supposed to be hanging out with his sister. <laughs> so you know. He, he feels the energy, though. His name is Bridger. And so, you know, he's one of these children that's here to help with the unity. So he's always like, I need to be involved, too. So, yes, thank you, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yay. We'll try to make it all about our conversation, though. The babies always get the, all the attention, don't they? Um, yes. Okay, Rick, tell me what you think about oneness, please. I think we've had this conversation before you and I, but I would love for all of our listeners and our panel to hear as well. How, what does oneness sure. mean to you? Right. And, you know, I think uh, it, it does have to do with unity in diversity, um, as, as Jude was saying. You know, for me uh, and we, uh, with We the World, we've been focused on we and all the different aspects of we. And ultimately, we are one. And so I think this idea of kind of, uh, you, you might, might say, like almost like pulsating um, frames of reference between unity and diversity. It's, and as Jude was saying, the me um, kind of um, interposed with the we. So we have our sense of self and we have this sense that we are part of a universal kind of framework and uh, sense of reality. So I think that... Uh, it's it's a way of feeling connected to all things and understanding our own place in the universe as well. So it is that kind of diversity of experience and the unity uh, that we can feel amongst it all. Beautiful, beautiful, absolutely. Profound, potent, gorgeous. Thank you for that. And uh, absolutely supporting and agreeing with you in resonance, Rick. Um, tell us, tell us what we're doing. What are we doing? What's we doing? What's happening? Yeah, right. Well, there are a lot of things going on, and one of the the, the things that we're focusing on on this show is uh, about the event that's coming up, uh, and it's on Monday, June eighteenth. And as you mentioned earlier, it's called the Emergent Whole World View and the Power of Nonviolent Communication. Uh, mm-hmm. It's taking place in New York City at the mm-hmm. Integral Yoga Institute uh, at 227 West 13th Street, the third floor. And if uh, anyone 
who is not in New York City wants to participate in this event, uh, it will be webcast at at uh, at the same time, a live webcast. And to go to get that webcast, you can go to youcanview.com. And if you don't remember that, all of this all of this information is at we.net, right on the home page. Uh, so we.net has the link for the webcast and also the information if you actually are in New York City or your friends are in New York City, because it's going to be a fabulous event with um, a performer named Kristen Hoffman, uh, the three of us mm-hmm. uh, who are on the show today, and some other folks that it's going to be experiential. And maybe I'll say a few words about nonviolent communication, which is kind of the example of what Jude was talking about in terms of uh, unity consciousness. This is a way, uh, nonviolent communication is a way that we can actually apply that consciousness in our own lives. So, you know, we've all seen many discussions in the media recently about the extreme political polarization that's taking place in the the United States and other parts of the world, the culture (laughs) wars, as people talk about, right? So one thing I've noticed is that uh, some people are explicitly saying that we all have much more in common than what divides us. And in fact, that is the idea behind the whole world view and unity consciousness, as we're saying. Um, so nonviolent communication, or NVC, shows us in great detail the universal values and aspects of being human that all people share. So with NVC, we talk about not only needs that we share, like physical needs, like air, water, food, shelter, that kind of thing, but we also talk about the psychological needs, like love, respect, meaning, dignity, integrity, and security, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. NBC actually makes a list of all of these these needs, the physical and the psychological needs, and there, there are about a hundred of them. So mm-hmm. for me, that is a very powerful statement of what we all universally value. These values connect us in a deeper, more fundamental way than you might think, given how often we hear people being characterized as being so completely different, you know, like immigrants are different from citizens, and uh, people, uh, men men are are different from women, the 99% versus the 1%, different ethnic and religious backgrounds, et cetera, et cetera. So a very powerful aspect of this idea that we are connected by these universal needs that we share is that these needs can never come into conflict. What causes conflict are the strategies that people come up with in order to meet their needs, you know? Gotcha. So so if people who are in conflict can acknowledge 
and then come to a full understanding of their own and, and the other person's feelings and needs, including their judgments, then they can be in a good position to create a new strategy together with the other person. So they can actually mm-hmm. co-create a new strategy that meets everyone's need, needs. That's mm-hmm. why so many people believe that nonviolent communication could be a key strategy for bringing peace and unity to our world. So, oh yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So this is this is a powerful way that uh, we can become aware of our own feelings and needs, our judgments, uh, and other people's judgments, and then look into what needs are not being met and then how we can actually meet those needs in new ways that haven't been thought of before between the conflicting parties. Does that make sense? Beautiful. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. In fact, it's so beautiful that I think we should add it to the platform for International Children's Month this year. So I'll talk to you more about that and how we could best integrate that, um, the hundred and some needs that people have, and, you know, just a framework for people to learn. Uh, that being said, though, the event that you're having, yeah. what's the style going to be? Is it, is it presentation? Is it a workshop? Like, what can people expect to, to have happen when they're attending on Monday? Yeah. With, I would say with it's going to be a communication. Mm-hmm. Right. It's going to be a combination. Uh, of okay. both. In other words, Great. we're going to have uh, people kind of like uh, pa- on a panel, but, but mm-hmm. it will be very interactive. And then there will be two or three times during the event, which will be okay. extremely experiential. Um, Great. Jude is going to Jude and and Gil, who mm-hmm. um, Jude mentioned that she works with. Uh, will be leading some experiential processes. And I'm mm-hmm. actually going to do an experiential process uh, so people can get a taste of how how it can work with uh, nonviolent communication as well. So yeah, that's going to be a combination. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, so and and I don't friend, know. Uh huh. I was going to say, you, you, don't, uh, you may know Kristen Hoffman. Um, uh-huh. She is a, a fabulous singer and songwriter, uh-huh. and uh, she's been very much involved with the unfolding of unity consciousness and uh, all the things that we're talking about. And she is actually going to perform at this event as well, doing a song uh, or a couple of songs. And one of them, I think, if I'm not mistaken, was inspired by uh, your uh, your book, Jude, is that correct? It was, Rick. Kristen very kindly wrote a song called Universe Soul, which is absolutely beautiful. And as you say, she's going to perform it Monday evening as the theme song for the book. As my publisher said, it's the first time he's ever heard of a book having a theme song. But it, it's so beautiful. and It's called Universe Soul. And it's this understanding that our universe is a universe soul you know, a being, a unified entity, a being that exists and evolves. And we are, it's microcosmic, co-creators. So we have meaning and purpose, just as our universe has meaning and purpose. 
Right. And so, uh, again, if people want to participate wherever they are in the world, um, they can go to we.net, which has uh, the information for the webcast. And if, if anyone's in New York, the, the information is there as well. Uh, and it, does, it starts at 7 p.m. Eastern time in the USA. Great. Great. Sorry, love. I, I think the door's open at 6.30, so people would like to arrive from 6.30, and we're going to start, as Rick said, around 7 o'clock. That's right. Great. And the, the webcast will, will start exactly at 7, and if people are there, they can register and do some networking prior to 7 o'clock uh, New York time. Mm, lovely opportunity for people want, wanting to be the medicine and to bring their medicine to come together uh, at a local New York event that's going to be live streamed. And as we all know, many hearts make light work, so uh, collective conscious is totally in play here as we participate through live stream as well. So just um, um, a backup on the invitation to bring your medicine to this event on Monday evening. We also have all the links in this show um, outline here also. So there's three different ways that people can get involved and make sure that they're on youcanview.com or we.net. Then you would be your best direct link. Awesome. That's amazing. That sounds beautiful. I'm totally looking forward to connecting with you guys on the live stream. And, uh, and that's such an offering to everyone. And, of course, as everyone on this call knows, the more that we do this and the more we offer this, the more it will become. And that's just a, a glorious thing. That's what we need here. So thank you. Yeah. Rick, that's really, really great. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, well, um, off the bat here, you know, uh-huh. part, part of what uh, Kurt is going to be sharing on Monday, uh-huh. and maybe we can talk about it a bit now, is just like the overview of the unity movements that are happening at the moment. And uh, yes. um, so uh, that's, that's kind of like another uh, whole level to how we can uh, kind of get in- involved and think about what's going on on the planet now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Okay, so... Uh Thank you, Rick, and let's round table afterwards if you guys would like, yes, on, on a couple of questions or something like that. Does that sound okay? Sure. That sounds good. Thanks. Okay, great. All right, love and, love and light. Okay, so here we grow, and we are going to move on now to Dr. Kurt Johnson. You were just listening to Rick Olfick, the director of We the World, and you are listening to One Love Rising on Blog Talk Radio. We also have Dr. Jude Caravan here with us as well. All right, so I'm going to introduce Dr. Kurt Johnson. Uh, Dr. Kurt Johnson is author of the Coming Inspira- Interspiritual Age, the Coming Interspiritual Age, president of Friends of the Institute of Noetic Sciences and a co-creator of Unity.Earth. Dr. Johnson has a Ph.D. in evolution and ecology and is author of over 200 scientific articles and seven books. A former monastic, he has worked in professional science and comparative religion for over 40 years. He has served on the faculty of New York's Interfaith Seminary for 12 years and for 25 years was associated with the American Museum of Natural History. In 2016, he became host for Unity Earth's Convergence radio series at Voice America 
featuring Global Changemakers. Beautiful. Hello, Dr. Kurt Johnson, and welcome. How are you? Oh, I'm very, very well. It's great to be here. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. It's an honor. That is uh, quite a beautiful um, journey, many journeys that you've been on in this lifetime, uh, Dr. Johnson. So, well, what do we think? How about let's just um, talk a bit about the coming interspiritual age. Uh, we have many, many unity groups that we are connected with uh, through this show and through our networks, and I would love for them to hear your – oh, actually, first I need to hear your oneness. <laughs> I want to know what oneness means to you, Kurt. <laughs> well, luck, luckily it's all interconnected, so it'll roll I up know, into one yeah, bundle. Yeah, but it, uh, it, it has to do with what both Jude and Rick were saying, that it's this mystery of unity and diversity. I mean, nature itself is such a great example. I mean, everyone knows that nature is a unity, but it's made up of many, many interactive components. And it's true also, certainly in the great wisdom traditions, the world religions, everyone's familiar with the, the yin and yang symbol, which are the intertwined half circles. And it's that mystery of everything that is formless, uh, connected to everything that's also in the world of form. If, if you reach inside yourself now and try to locate where your formless self is, you can't do it, and yet it's inextricably connected to your body and who's sitting here listening or, or on the phone and you'd be challenged to you know to find the find the boundary so what's interesting then is that uh you know we all understand that we live in that mystery and also as jude and rick said that we realize that the nature of it all certainly the resting nature of it all if you look at even all animals and everything else is is love is peace and is is being with that capital b and to kind of tie it into your question about inner spirituality, inner, inner spirituality is really just addresses this question, what happens to spirituality and the world's religions as the world goes global and multicultural and we actually are moving toward a, a global civilization? Obviously, all the different views, all the different practices, all the different ways will need to interdigitate, and that's kind of what's going on now in all of these uh unity movements. Um, to say one more thing is that we actually identify five components of what's involved in moving this multiplicity forward into a really dynamic unity. And those, real quick, the first is waking up, which is about you know, discovering our divine nature and who we are at the, at, at the level of our, our deepest self. The second is growing up, which is uh, building the world that reflects that. That's the big challenge now. We all agree on so many common principles and values and ideals, but growing up has to do with actually building the world that would reflect that. And then the, the third one mm -hmm. is cleaning up. Mm -hmm. Cleaning up is everything that would be involved in the healing and the shadow work and reconciliation that could bring us forward in growing up. And the fourth mm -hmm. is showing up, which means that we've mm -hmm. got to get out there on the activist road, just like you uh, with your show and everything we're all doing. And and take the risk, particularly the risk, as you said earlier, to speak truth to power. And then the last one is linking up. And that's, of course, what we were all talking about, even as we were kind of foreshadowing the roundtable, is that in order for the wonderful ideals and values that all of us share to actually have traction in the world, we're going to have to link up and have all the groups and organizations and associations and people who are 
leading that charge for the world that works for everybody to really have the traction in the world of policy and in the world of uh, political and social and economic structure. So that's kind of all of it rolled together into the cosmic hologram. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, and absolutely resonates, and I love the five points. I think that, that if those are not already written out in some kind of shareable way on social media, then I'll do it for you and put it out there. Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, poignant and powerful and potent. And, and just FYI, the children don't know. The adults, some of them do, a lot of them don't. They've been dumbed down and stuck in these systems that are not supporting their evolution necessarily. And um, through teachers and people like yourself and the people on this call and the people who are listening, we're sharing the information with them, and so they're getting an understanding of this stuff. But but a lot of them do not know. So I know in our circles we get used to everybody understanding each other, thank God now, and we don't really have to explain ourselves as much as we used to. And, uh, and, it's, and it's a total blessing. Um, so and, Yeah, so and one, just, one thing I'll do, because I have your email from the invitation, We um, yeah. all of us are going to be a part of a one-day pre-event at the Parliament of World Religions in Toronto in uh, 31st Beautiful. of October. And oh, a great. part of the conceptual framework for these 70 or 80 major thought leaders, interfaith leaders, uh, change makers who will be at this meeting is those five points. And we have that in a small little attachment that I can send you, which uh, we're just developing. Actually, we'll be publishing a very ambitious uh, publication, actually, to frame the conversation Uh for that meeting, because as Rick was intimating, we're really trying now to see how many partners we can find globally who really Mm -hmm. want to work Mm -hmm. together to create the traction uh, in the global society, a civil society that's needed for these ideals mm. to actually be uh, what's making things run as opposed to uh, what we see so often today. That's beautiful. Thank you. I'm in body, mind, and soul. Uh, I work for the children. I, I run um, with a board of people, International Children's Month. And so for six years now, we've been um, leveraging the power of empowerment, peace, love, care, and respect for the children across the planet. And um, we run a global wave of love that happens on the 21st, and we've been doing that for six years now. And we're seeing the children standing up now. They're rising up, and so that's perfect. I'm in. Yeah, and another place <laughs> uh, to look. <laughs> uh, <laughs> another place that people can look who are listening in is, uh, as uh, Rick mentioned, is unity.earth. It's just www.unity.earth. Uh, We're all partners in that, and you'll see there, as you see all the drop-down menus, there's a whole series of global events now that are planned between now and the change-making time of 2020. Uh, All around the world, you'll see the map, you'll see the events, and then there are media assets there between what we're doing uh, with uh, magazines and also with uh, Voice America and other programs, just uh, increasing the volume of this very message that this program is about today and getting it out there uh, really at the across all the continents. So just take a look at unity.earth, and there's a lot there. You'll see we there. You'll see Jude's work there and everything else that's going on. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. So unity.earth, and um, what do you think, Kurt? Is there anything else you wanted to touch on while we're, while we're one-on-one here? 
No, I think what that else? that really does it. it. It'd be wonderful to have a round okay. table and just kind of kick up, uh, you know, the other things that are, uh, you know, we're all three of us are also a part of the Evolutionary Leaders or the Source of Synergy Foundation, and it's a, it's another such a great example. If you take a look at evolutionaryleaders.net, and uh, many of the people in this group of about 100 are really household words. It'd be the same people that Rick was mentioning that have been a part of his programs. But but the point is, again, you know, creating these collectives where everyone's constituencies can be speaking toward kind of what we call a meta-narrative, kind of something that everyone agrees on, universal principles and universal action steps that can move the world forward in the way that mm -hmm. us old folk uh, meet your children and young folk who, who want to see that world and hopefully will demand that we see that world that reflects our deepest inner values. They've started. Yep, they've started. So it started a few years back with the Earth Guardians. And now we have the Parkland children that just started their tour uh, today in Chicago. And so, um, you know, I think the faster and um, just really easy to understand just to get it out to them, I think is, is super wonderful. I'll check everything out and see what I can put up on the platform. Uh, One other thing I might mention real quickly, if mm -hmm. people find me on Facebook or if they find mm -hmm. uh, Unity Earth on Facebook or the Convergence on Facebook, uh, those are easy mm -hmm. to find. We just posted yesterday with the United Nations Committee for the International Day of Yoga a 100-page mm -hmm. magazine of everything that's going on globally in the yoga-based communities worldwide oh, wow. that also okay. address these values and, and goals. And it's, uh, it's just an amazing compendium of, again, many of these leaders like Sri Sri Ravi Shankar and many others are all household words and, uh, you know, contributed to this uh, vision of what those communities are doing and it's amazing when you see the social service that they're doing at a global level oh that's gorgeous um yeah fire agni hotra fire ceremony is really coming up a lot um here in in austin in texas where we are and we have a guru coming in tomorrow also and that's all the ancient teachings like the most ancient right the yoga and then the agni hotra and all that that area seems to be like the first ceremonies of the, of the people, really, on the planet. So that was a 100-page yoga contribution, and it can be found where again, Kurt? Well, you can you can just go, if you go to Facebook and if you look for Kurt mm -hmm. Johnson, there are lots of Kurt Johnsons, but you can also look for The Convergence. That's our radio show that has it posted. Okay. You can look for Unity Earth at Facebook. It's posted there. Okay. Uh, it'll be easy okay. to find. Uh, it's actually Beautiful. even easier to find if you Google... You can just Google Light on Light magazine. Light on Light? Light on Light magazine, yeah. And yes. it'll come oh, up. That's right. a great yeah. name. Right. Okay. Light yeah. on Light magazine. Everybody heard it. You heard it here. Okay. Great. All right. So Rick, um, what do you think about this round table here? Should we just kinda what kind of question? What question should we ask? Right. Well, um, I mean, this is this is a a big job, right? <laughs> that we're talking about unifying the planet, right? So, um, uh, so one thing I, I'm interested in is bringing in the voices. You know, like uh, I'm I'm always concerned about preaching to the choir, right? So, uh, you know, even within 
the movements for sustainability and peace, uh, there, there are plenty of people who are not really talking about what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could maybe see the, the, uh, the divergence, you know, between the, you know, let's say the anti-war activists and the, mm-hmm. and the peace movement, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's it's really uh, similar goals, uh, but the way people frame things is very often um, an indication of like a different kind of way of of uh, thinking about things, and so that's one of the challenges is just um, you know unifying the the uh, the movement for peace, justice, sustainability, and transformation. Uh, so, I mean, that's something okay. Okay. that I, I'm focused Here's on with we and we the world. That's why we have our 11 campaigns for change, uh, which mm-hmm. you can see at, at uh, we, the, we.net, um, mm-hmm. because that's a way that people who are not really tuned into the whole unity consciousness conversation can begin to uh, get in that conversation you know it's it's almost like a sub, subversive approach like they they go in and they're looking at human rights or they they're looking at environment uh but uh th- what w- what comes out eventually is that all of these issues are connected uh in this mm-hmm. uh in this uh within this uh, whole unity movement uh, what do you, what do you think uh Jude yeah, I completely agree, Rick. I mean, what I was going to add is that um, I love you being subversive, by the way. I, I have this vision of you being so beautifully, lovingly subversive. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> I, I think this, there are so many touch points of this, which, you know, we've all, we've all talked about. For me, though, I was, I was invited to a beautiful place in Denmark a couple of years ago called Gilele. And it was a conference on the Sustainable Development Goals, which had just been passed by 193 countries um, of, of, you know, Sustainable Development Goals for equality, for peace, for education, uh, all of those wonderful things, all 17 of them. And I was asked to be a keynote listener at the conference, which is a, a different view. And so I listened for the first day. And after that, the organizers came to me and said, what did I feel about what was being said? And it was incredibly passionate and involving and some great ideas for taking forward and implementing the Sustainable Development Goals. But at the end of that first day when I was asked, I said that I felt there was a hole, H-O-L-E, in what was being discussed. And I felt the whole, the W-H-O-L-E, was missing. And they asked me to explain the following day. And I said, well, look, it seems to me that the sustainable development goals are responses to our dysfunctional behaviors. Um, but our dysfunctional behaviors, we know that our beliefs drive our behaviors. So if we believe in a fragmented world, if we believe in a myth of separation, um, we will behave accordingly. Um, but I'm also a healer, um, and I also know that if you try and deal with the symptoms of a disease, rather than go back to to cure its heal its its cause, that other symptoms will emerge. So it seemed to me, as I said then, that the SDGs are wonderful, a superb achievement, and and all power to implementing them. 
But and and, as, as Rick and Curtis say, this is also, I feel, about going back and, and healing the collective dis-ease of our fragmented perspectives about reality itself. And so unity and the unity movement is often through people who've had their own experiences of oneness. But the thing that I think been missing really until now is the evidence, the scientific evidence of unity and unified reality. And that's now coming forward in a way that is reconciling with ancient wisdom teachings and spiritual traditions for millennia. But in this emerging new, it is a new scientific spiritual paradigm because it's reconciling the two. A lot of people who either haven't had their own experiences of unity or who say, look, I need the evidence, show me the evidence. The evidence is now here and it's compelling. So for me, it's doing all that we're talking about and it's adding this, this piece, perhaps this, this big jigsaw piece of scientific evidence that's able to say, yes, unity is real. The reality, all reality, is one, is unified, is amazingly diversely expressed. But perhaps if we can heal our worldview, that is a major transformation opportunity to heal our behaviours. So it's all the and, and, but I think this is a key moment that's potentially a game changer because for many folks who are looking to get the scientific evidence, that is now coming forward in a really powerful and incredibly accelerating way that, as Kurt said, really supports, you know, the interspiritual movement that really supports all that, you know, we're doing at Unity Earth, sacred connectivity, that supports all that Rick and his amazing work at We The World is doing which is supporting all the work, Heidi, that you're doing, all the work that therapists, all the work that everyone who is really trying to take this perspective and understanding and this wholeness forward. Um, and that's what I feel is incredibly powerful and empowering about this moment. And so I know that the three of us are incredibly excited about it and delighted you know, that we're coming together with many, many others. Um, to take this forward. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to throw in on mm. that again, just from the science, because it's so important, is that uh, ever since uh, the, the Darwinian era and then social Darwinism and the definition of natural selection as survival of the fittest, we've become a victim to the the entire uh, norms of conflict and competition, and 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 thinking that that's actually what the science science was saying now what's interesting most people don't know it's almost a crisis that they don't know but in 2015 in a publication from templeton and yale there was a redefinition uh in the foundational questions of science about natural selection and basically it said this that survival of the fittest with fitness being uh defined as competition is only true at the lowest levels of how nature operates. As soon as you have interactive groups and hierarchies of groups, then the definition of fitness changes to the best cooperator. And that now is the standard in all of evolutionary biology of what's called group selection and multi-level selection theory, that anything that's at a more advanced level of interaction natural selection selects the best cooperator. Now that 
is revolutionary, and that's Edward Wilson and the whole foundations of, of sociobiology at Harvard and everything else. But you have to ask the question, how long does it take for that new news to trickle down after 150-some years of the default belief that natural selection was about competition that runs our business, it runs our economics, it runs our politics. So that change, along with everything in physics that uh, Jude talks about, has happened. But the question is, how many people know about it? And how functional is that new rubric, you know, in the actual way we live? So there's so much work to do in, get, in changing the worldview from the bottom up for people on the street worldwide. And that's actually the goal of all these groups working together. Our program actually in Toronto is, is subtitled Unifying the Unifiers. And it, it's really about that, because if we're going to get change before calamity might set in, we, just, we have so much work to do. Yeah. And it's reaching yeah. the, the mainstream, and it's what, it, how is it relevant to people's lives? Because, you know, as, as Kurt said, you know, this is still gaining ground, but, it, you know, it's not just a scientific revolution. It's not just a reconciliation of science and spirit. It's what does it mean in everyday lives? You know, how is it relevant to people? And we talk about, you know, acting local, feeling global and thinking cosmic. So if this is the big picture framework of unity awareness, what does it mean in, in how we feel about, you know, our global human family, our, our, our beloved Mother Earth and all her children? But ultimately, what does it mean every day of our lives, in our local neighborhoods, in how we relate with ourselves, relate with those closest to us, relate with our neighbors, and relate with people who are not the same as us, because that's where, you know, Rick's work and nonviolent communication is such an amazing tool. How do we navigate difference? Because as we're saying, unity expresses itself in, in radical diversity. And it's not about agreeing to agree all the time. It's how do we find compassionate um you know, ways of disagreeing and, 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 and navigating difference, but based on universal worth and universal values. How do we embody those? How do we experience and embody those in, in all that we are and in all that we do? That's the work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... I, I have a question for Kurt. Okay. Um, and maybe Jude. Um I was talking with someone recently about this idea that you were talking about, uh, kind of changing the conception of survival of the fittest to the survival of the, those who cooperate the most, the species that cooperate the most. And the person asked me a question which I was not able to adequately answer, and maybe you can. Um, he, he said, uh, well, then what... How do you explain the situation when, in a in an ecosystem, uh, an invasive species comes in to that ecosystem? You know, it's brought there in some way. You know, like a plant or uh, an animal species that starts kind of taking over things. Um, and um, so, I wasn't quite sure what to say about that. How would you respond to that, Kurt? Well, you know, of course, there's lots of permutations when it comes to diversity, but the bottom line is that competition does take place at the at the lowest levels, the most fundamental levels of 
relationships in the ecosystem and nature. So absolutely, one animal eats another. They're invasive species simply because that's their strategy. Actually, an invasive species, that's a value judgment we make when actually it's a plant that that's its strategy. So that's also natural. But the point is the revolution in biology and in evolutionary biology has happened that realizing that whenever there are groups or interactions of groups or hierarchies of groups, it's the cooperators that always come out on top. And so the rules change. Yes, competition at the lowest level, but at the highest levels, and particularly with anything that's an intelligent being, sentient being or a conscious being like homo sapiens, like humans, then it's all about cooperation. And that would be also distinguishing between evolution in nature and cultural evolution. Evolution in nature doesn't have a conscious, doesn't have an overt conscious component. But cultural evolution, who's at the wheel, at the ballot box and politics and worldviews and dogmas, then it's all about you know, conscious choice. And that simply had not been differentiated uh, within science, understanding that, that difference. So, yes, you're going to have strategies that, uh, particularly at the lowest levels, where some of it's not nice, like sharks, um, or doesn't seem nice from our value judgments, for, but for a shark, it's a strategy. And, but yet we have to realize, boy, when it comes to the relationships of groups, and particularly anything that's conscious, then it's all about cooperation. And just one real quick point, going back to what Jude said, is they, the amazing thing about that revolution in science is that it makes what's intuitive to human beings, to anyone on the street, anywhere, that it's got to be about love and about peace and about mutuality and welcoming and room. It makes that now compatible with science, where in the past we would, we would believe that that's intuitively that's how we felt. But then we go to school, we'd be told, oh, no, 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 it's not that. It's actually all about competition. So luckily that crazy schizoidness now has gotten itself out of the science. Uh, in fact, the person who pioneered this work says he was driven by the underst- by really realizing that competition uh, running everything was counterintuitive. That was actually just simply counterintuitive. Yeah. And Kurt, would you say, my understanding is the healthiest ecosystem is the most diverse, where as, an, as a whole, it's, it's managed to do exactly what you're saying, that every, every entity has its niche, every relationship yeah. has it, is, is optimal, and therefore it's the, it's the greatest level of diversity, and it's the healthiest. Yeah, and they're, and they're also the opposite is true. In other words, tropical environments tend to be extremely diverse. Northern environments, desert environments, and things where there's not, that aren't resource-rich or aren't climate-friendly, then they'll tend to be much sparser relative to diversity. But again, it's amazing how that parallels Rick's uh, nonviolent communications models. That's all about strategy. And so yeah. you'll see everything. You'll see everything in nature when it comes to strategies. You know, things that are very diverse, that are less diverse, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for that, Kurt. Uh, mm-hmm. that, yeah. that makes a lot of yeah. sense. And and Heidi, you know, you've been working in this kind of unity uh, space for a long time too. Do you want to share uh, some of your background with that? I think that that's very appropriate for this conversation. 
Oh, boy. I don't know if I can even remember after listening to everything that's going on here. Um, I'm just feeling really in the moment, actually. And <laughs> uh, Right. But, I mean, you were working with Unify many years ago, right? And yes, uh, so many yes, other groups. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. We got started before Unify was – they were just getting started. And um, uh, we were working on a water platform for the children. Uh, to understand that water is consciousness, and we were working with the Hotto Foundation. Um, I uh, I grew up um, with it, living in a, a home daycare center with 27 other people's children, and uh, my mother is a Holocaust survivor, and so um, unity has always been a part of my life. I don't know anything else, and so when I went out into the world, I just thought everyone knew what I knew, and as I saw it it became. And then when I started to open up my worldview more and understand, because I'm also a touring musician, um, I, I would go out and sing messages from spirit and I would, I would learn what was happening. And then I started to receive instruction as to what to do, you know, go out and sing these songs and do this and go here and bridge the water with the land and work with the stars and learn from the elders and, you know, do all this kind of stuff. So, that's been um, the last couple of decades of my life, and I've taken my children with me everywhere I go. And it's been a very beautiful unfolding to see people go from me to we. And it is becoming uh, one. We also do a clothing line to support International Children's Month, and our shirts all say one on them. And we do one love the waters and, and one earth and one love and all that fun stuff. Um, but I guess to answer your question, I, I, that's, that's all that, that I know in this lifetime, thank God. Um, but in my DNA is the opposite, right, from my parents and from, and from what happened um, with, in Germany and with Poland and with everybody, really, with war. And so uh, being somebody who's been trying to get these messages out for a really long time and also being raised in standard society where we understand ourselves to be in competition. I never was one for it. I would do it um, in different ways that I was asked to do it or people said, oh, you should do this and then I would do it and it all would work out really well for me. I'm one of those blessed lucky ones who just hangs out with spirit and source so it usually goes really, really right. Uh, And now I work with the children and I spent the last year in the public schools. I needed to see and take the temperature of what's really going on. And this is the first time in public schools for me in the U.S. I've worked in the Canadian public schools and um, private schools across the three, all Turtle Island. Um, And the children are in significant need of all of this information. And they do not know um, this stuff. They don't know it. And they ask me questions like, Miss, how... Do you, how is it that it feels like you're so peaceful? They ask, how is it that it just feels like everybody likes you? How is it that you're so calm in this? <laughs> you know? And there's like all like 28 kids, right? And they're all doing whatever they're doing. And all of them think they're like usually in prison. So, you know, it's just, it's very interesting and, and, and very timely. And, of course, we all know as we're having this conversation, we move out into the world, our energy, and we're helping, right, lift the vibration. 
So thank you, Rick, for asking. And I guess in this moment, that's my share with that. But um, And I just am so appreciative of the events that you're holding this weekend. Um, the Monday event that's going to be happening in New York is going to be marvelous. And I want to support everybody in, in, in joining in on the live stream that can be found on our website here and also on we.net. And just the books and the contributions that you all have, it's, it's, it's so profound. And I, I'm just so deeply grateful. There's my share. <laughs> Thank and bless you, Heidi. Thank and bless you for that. <laughs> oh yes, it's beautiful. You're beautiful. You're also beautiful. So I guess the question is for me that I want to know personally. All these, you know, we have a, a very strong Catholic population. Uh, we're right next to Mexico. Um, you know, so a lot of children are raised Catholic, uh, and then there are a lot of children whose parents aren't raising them with any sort of religion or any sort of spirituality. And um, you all, uh, I guess, what do you all think, feel, is a good tool for bridging? Just a basic bridge, the basic, the most basic bridges, you know, to our society. Can each one of you please tell me what you think of the basic bridge could be, potentially? Well, I'll start out by saying that I think, you know, all of us would need to agree on some certain foundational principles that would all be about love and caring, mutuality, and interconnection. And that's the vertical that's true for everybody. It's the heart that's true for everybody. And then the question is, how are those fundamental principles related to the culture that you come from, the way that you were brought up, the stories that you've been told, and how you've been nurtured? Because all of us will have grown up in a situation where we were told a certain story and it'd be natural, particularly mm-hmm. as children, to believe that. But as we go into the world and discover there are lots of versions out there, we really would need to always be anchored in those principles and that those principles welcome a whole diversity of experience around those fundamental principles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with- yeah, I'd agree with that as well. And just and just perhaps to, to add that exactly that everything everything in manifestation has universal worth. Every tree, every snowflake, every drop of water, every every animal, every person, every planet, every star, all that we call creation, all that we call reality has universal worth. It's sacred. As the, as the ancient traditions tell us, as the indigenous peoples know and tell us. And from that foundation of universal worth comes universal values, as, as Rick's been talking about, of, of inclusion and equity and compassion and dignity. Everything that everybody, despite our cultural differences, is, is, is universal. And I've visited something like 80 countries around the world, and, and you know, I've experienced that universal quality of, of, of values. And perhaps from those values, a realization, and this is what Kurt's work with interspirituality is doing, and, and a lot of my work, and Rick's, and many others, is to help folks realize that all paths are different roads, up the, are different paths up the same mountain. 
that your mountain isn't higher than my mountain or a different mountain. It's just that all different paths, either all, all faith and no faith, are all paths up the same mountain. And the destination of that mountain is the remembering um, of oneness and the remembering of, of love. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, I can add my two cents, which would be uh, to my recommendation would be to listen. Let Mm. the other person talk. I mean, you could interview them. You know, what, what needs do you have? Are they being met? Are they not being met? And... Um, and, and, you know, let yourself step into their shoes. And um, if you offer that, they may um, do the same with, with you. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think letting, letting the other person um, or the other group of people uh, share exactly what's going on, what's What's important for them? What's what's working for them? What's not working for them? Uh, mm-hmm. Without giving any advice or anything, uh, just mm-hmm. just like letting them say that, and and then uh, maybe reflecting back. You know, oh, it's, it sounds like you could use more of this, and you uh, you have plenty of this, but you could you would like to have more of that or whatever it is, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So so let it come from them. And, and that's how uh, I, I find it to be very, uh, you know, much easier to build bridges that way, you know, when mm-hmm. when you hear from them what, what's, what's going on. And, and right. this works at an, at an organizational level, too. Like uh, we have almost 100% success rate, you know, with We the World in terms of um, uh, partnerships, you know, getting people to participate like in 11 Days of Global Unity. And the reason is because the first question is, you know, what do you need as an organization? I mean, what, what is it that you, that, you, that you need more of or want? And then if you put yourself in their shoes... Um, and you have something that can work for them, then then it's like a no-brainer. Of course, we'll work together. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And so you asked me, Rick, too, what I've been doing, and and you know also that you know we've been. I'm co-founder of a few different groups, and there's a lot of different initiatives that are happening. And I think that there's about 500 groups in in my network that. Um, are working for unity. And they all want to be this umbrella, this platform, this umbrella, this place. So I guess my next question is, is what do you guys think about, and this will probably get into what you're going to discuss on Monday, I'm sure, what do you guys think about how we bridge all those groups? You know, how do we make all those groups feel like their contributions are what they are, and then how we bring them all together is the other is the next one or is that too far along in the game I don't even know <laughs> that's, that's one of the questions I always think to myself you know it's like okay 
You know, I'm a member of like 500 groups. Great. And none of those groups are supporting the other group. They're all doing their own thing. And so how do we get to the next place? Yeah, well, see, what's interesting is that's exactly the consciousness that's changing. There's a chemistry and alchemy that's developing now between groups because they start to have the same hunger that you're talking about and also the same realization that the Lone Rangers, a thousand Lone Rangers aren't going to be able to do it. And that is an evolutionary emergence at the level of we, at the level of collective consciousness, collective heart. And actually the way it seems to be working, and I think Rick and Jude can then uh, comment on their experience here, is there seems to be an almost natural alchemy developing when groups meet each other and find then emergent ways that they work together. You can't force it. You can't arbitrarily just lay out a plan that everybody checks the box. It's deeper than that. It's a soul. It's almost like a soul group thing. And there's a soul group <laughs> set of relationships developing between networks. And I think that's what will happen is that, it, that we'll just see an emergence of more and more real cooperation, you know, the real ability to work as we, and that will just, uh, that will evolve. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, thank you for saying that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I agree with that, Kurt and, and Heidi and, and Rick, and that's why this fifth step, Heidi, is linking up. And as, as Kurt said, it, it's a very natural emergent that, that I've certainly noticed is gaining more and mm -hmm. more, you know, power and empowerment and joy to mm -hmm. it over, you know, mm -hmm. over each last year or so and one way of doing that um is uh, so there isn't this sense of an umbrella and, and a sort of central you know uh, hierarchy in any way what what we're doing with the whole worldview is we're doing the linking up between change makers as representatives of change making organizations in the main such as rick and kurt and, and many many others but what we did when we started and it was purely intuitive there was no <laughs> There was no strategy here at all. It was intuitive. But what, what I did was, we, well, what we did was we, we um, asked everybody who just felt called to be part of this emergent grouping community to offer a photograph of themselves, to offer a couple of lines on what their position organization is, and a couple of lines on what their passion, what their primary interest, what, gets, you know, what makes their heart sing is, and just a contact number. And from that, it's like a constellation of stars. Everybody can reach out to everybody else. And there's no central, there's no hierarchy, there's no centrality. And it seems that that sort of constellation, imaginal cells, naturally, uh, and, and, and Kurt's the expert in evolutionary biology, but that's the naturalness of, of everybody linking up. So it's not, oh, I should talk to somebody, or, or it's just another thing to do on my to-do list, which is far too big anyway, it's a synergy of it. It's the natural win-win-win of it that makes it so powerful. And that's why I think we all feel that's why it's gaining momentum. It's not just that it's coming from this, this foundation of unity and diversity, but it's actually how that's playing out in co-creativity and synergies and, mm -hmm. and heart-based loving action that isn't about mm -hmm. hierarchy. It's about ego. You know, this idea of showing up as part of the five is literally showing up and getting out of the way so that this amazing 
co-creative synergies can really start to to be empowered. Mm-hmm. Right on. <laughs> Yay. That's all I know. Right on. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. More, please. More, please. Rick? Yeah. What are you thinking? Go ahead. (laughs) What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Oh, uh, well, um, I'm just very inspired by everyone's contribution today. This this has been just a a fabulous coming together of the uh, emergent whole world view or views. And um, uh, it's just inspiring. And thank, thank you, Heidi. I think what you are indicating is that there's more work to be done. You know, uh, what you were talking about with the the organizations that are still in their silos. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's okay. Um, mm-hmm. You know, little by little, um, some of them, subsets of them are coming together and uh, you know that's part of the challenge. You know how do we mm-hmm. how do we make this come together? And uh, you know there's uh, a, a lot is uh, a result of what's happening on the ground, or let's say s- seeing the need to come together. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there was more of that. Uh, recently, after the uh, U.S. presidential elections of 2016, I think mm-hmm. uh, that, I mean, my my personal preference is that people and organizations come together not as a result of a crisis of some sort, but uh, for a, a more um, positive and proactive re- reason. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know it can be a, a combination of things, and I, th- I think it's it's moving in that direction. And the question is, can we do it? As Kurt mentioned before, can we do it in time before there is some kind of ecological collapse? I mean, that's that's an issue, and unfortunately, the uh, the fact that people some people are still in the old paradigm of competition and, um, you know, conflict and uh, domination culture, as Rian Eisler calls it, uh, that's kind of distracting us from from uh, taking care of the earth and our, uh, you know, making not just peace on earth, but peace with earth. So, yes. Uh, mhm. Very important. Very important point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everything you're saying is is completely correct. I think that um, in the heart of every man, woman, and child on the planet, as we arise, um, we're going to see things shift and and change. And you know, I I I have a relationship with the planet. And she gives me music. And I think that the more people are open and open their hearts. They're going to hear messages also, and they're going to they're going to feel uh, more loving vibrations, and um, they're going to understand hopefully uh, how to take take care of the take care of themselves so that they can love others. Yes, um, which is what Jude mentioned and and Kurt mentioned and yourself mentioned. Um, 
it really is a beautiful unfolding and it is very divine and very powerful and uh, blessings to you all for the work that you're doing and that you've done and that you will continue to do and uh, we're right behind you supporting and uh, following your work and um, helping any way we can so yeah (laughs) so yeah this has been a very powerful conversation um, that I personally am going to share in many many unity groups and I'll do that this afternoon I hope that everyone will also share uh, these beautiful messages and in this time of coming together um, really just um, love themselves as much as they possibly can so they can love others. Right? I mean, that's what uh-huh. we're really talking uh-huh. about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And to realize that we're all fellow travelers on this amazing journey home. Hmm. Mm. Yes. 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 <laughs> that desolation does not need to exist. Right? It doesn't no. need to exist. It, within us is the fulfillment, feeling of yeah. feelings of being fulfilled. And I think once people realize that, um, well, they are realizing it, but as more and more realize it, um, like you said, Kurt, we'll love the waters, you know, go out in teams and love the waters and go out in teams and love the children and go out in teams and flood the school systems and the healthcare systems and the judicial systems and all our societal systems that are in desperate need of us. And, um, and as we become more action heroes, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's happening. I see it everywhere. I know you all have mentioned that you also are experiencing the increase. So um, just so much, so much love and support to everyone listening today. This has been a very moving conversation, very touching and moving conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything that anyone would like to share in closing? Uh, I could go through and just give out your websites to each of you and highlights if you like and get, get people connected further. Rick, would, would, does that sound like a good idea to you? Sure. Go okay. Okay, okay. So... Um, I've lost my page. <laughs> In all of that, I've lost my page. Hang on two seconds. Here we go. Okay. I was looking at your website, Kurt, for unity dot earth, and um, you have amazing things coming up. There's amazing, amazing things coming up on that website. So, friends, we'll start with Dr. Kurt Johnson. You've been listening to Dr. Kurt Johnson, who's the, who is the author of the Coming in in interspiritual age and uh, he is the president of the Friends of the Institute of Noetic Sciences so if you want some science and you want some more understanding on that level he's written over 200 scientific articles and 7 books and that is Dr. Kurt Johnson and you can find him at unity.earth and he also has a radio show and it is called Unity Earth Convergence Radio at Voice of America and thank you so much, Kurt, for being on the show today. Well, you're welcome, and thank you. Thank you. All right, and you've also been listening to Rick Olfick, who's the founder of We the World and the We Campaign, and it's a powerful campaign. I would encourage and support people in going to check that out as soon as possible. 
Uh, we.net is also the website that hosts the 11 Days of Global Unity, which begin on September 11th and run through to the 21st. And the people who know my work know that I am one of the outreach coordinators for We the World, and we are big, big supporters of the We campaign and the 11 Days of Global Unity. Thank you, Rick, for being on the show and sharing your beauty in nonviolent communication and all things else that you do. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. It's been great being with you all. Mm, love you. Okay, good. And then we have Dr. Jude Curvan. Uh, she is uh, an amazing woman who is um, the winning, uh, uh, the Nautilus Award-winning book for the Cosmic Hologram. And Jude, you said you had another book out. Did you say you have a newer book out? Is there another one? I don't yet, Heidi. I've just started to write the second of the trilogy, and the, and the title is Gaia: Her Story, and it tells Ooh. the story. Shared story of our beloved Mother Earth. Oh, beautiful. I've got a song for you. I'll send it to you. How exciting. Thank you. Yay. Okay. And uh, Jude is also the co-founder of The Whole World View. So you can go to wholeworld-view.org and you can check out um, the Evolutionary Leader Circle and um, all the work that they are doing there with that. And all of these wonderful people you've been listening to are coming together on Monday evening for Monday evening. Yeah, 6.30, the doors yeah. open, 7 o'clock, everything starts. It's going to be live streamed. And the title of the event is The Emergent Whole World View and the Power of Nonviolent Communication. And Jude, I want to thank you very much also for your amazing beauty and shares. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I'll thank and bless you, Heidi, and thank and bless all our listeners because they're showing up and uh, are wonderful, you know, fellow travelers for all of us. Oh, gorgeous, gorgeous. All right, so thank you, everyone, friends and family who've been listening. You've been listening to One Love Rising on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your co-host, Heidi Little, and Bob Challenger is also with us here. And I just wanted to thank everyone again uh, for the Emergent Whole World View and the power of nonviolent communication. Sharing means caring. Please share with your friends and family. And thank you so much for showing up and bringing your medicine and miraculous contributions to the planet. We'll catch you again next week with another show. And, of course, we're going to all be tuning in for the live stream on Monday night for the Emergent Whole World View and the power of nonviolent communication. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Love you. Bye bye. You've been listening to one of rising. Here we grow. (laughs) Yay. Okay. Ah.